What's up, witches? You found the Ethereal Path Podcast. I'm your host, Xander. Let's get witchy. What's up, guys? Okay, so before we go any further, I just found out this cool little tidbit the other day, and I actually tried it, and motherfucker, if it didn't work. Um, so if you have been practicing your meditation or if you're a practitioner and, you know, you currently are like doing the Wiccan thing, um, if you notice that you have like where your altar is set up now, when I set my altar up in my little workspace, um, I kind of used a dresser in our office and it was more out of like just convenience. Like I could put my stuff up there and like I knew the dogs couldn't get to it and like anything that I need, like, you know, I could pull down and I could easily get to it the way I have it like organized and everything. And a lot of times, like I said, I actually like to sit on the floor when I'm doing, you know, spell work and spell stuff like that. Um, and one of the things that I came across when I was just like looking at random Wiccan shit this week um, was that, Whenever you go to do anything, your body, whether you know it or not, tends to naturally go to the north, okay? And they're like, you know, this is totally easy. So if you have an iPhone, you know, basically you just need to you go open up the Compass app or if you have a Compass or, you know, download a Compass app or whatever, um, you know, go to, like, your spot where you, like, meditate or wherever and, like... I, I I stood in my spot and I like held up my hand to where like anytime that I begin a spell or like call the corners and I raise my right hand to, you know, like begin and call my hand and I'm not even kidding when I say this and I had no idea was pointing exactly directly to magnetic north. It was the, like, it was one of those, like, mind-blown, but at the same time, like, not surprised in any way, shape, or form. So, fun little thing to try out just for shits and giggles the next time you think of it or, you know, whatever. So, give it a whirl, see what happens. Um, and that actually is what is going to segue into episode 28 and what we're going to talk about. Um, we are actually going to talk about doing some group magic. Um, so, this is kind of where everything is going to be coming more together. Hopefully, um, you guys tried the not magic magic spell in the last episode maybe you've seen some results again keep sending me that feedback i love to hear those stories um you know i love to hear whether or not things are working um and just how things are going so you know please keep sending it in it's awesome to hear um again you know thank you to all the listeners um especially in ireland apparently um uh, my irish listeners are starting to peak again so Whatever's going on over there, I just cannot thank you guys enough. And, you know, not that I don't love every single one of my listeners and appreciate every single one of you, but so far, Ireland, yep, you are my Olympic gold medalist. So, I mean, after the U.S., of course, because, well, I'm here, but, you know. Anywho, um, so let's get settled. Let's um, sit back, and we're going to talk about uh, group magic. All right, so let's set the scene. So it's you, it's a buddy, it's a friend, it's um, someone that you met, you know, 
um, online, um, it's a, a coven you've been asked to join, whatever the situation is, okay? Um, you decide that you want to practice group magic or, you know, let's say you're listening to this and you're listening with a friend and you guys want to try something out together. So how do you go about, you know, basically incorporating like two or more people into one okay and this is where um casting the circle becomes very important um so like i said anytime that you know you want to do you do any work you want to cast a circle and you know you want to make sure that it is of you know white protective light um i also like to do what i call like you know my pentagram web of basically I draw, um, you know, invoking pentagrams all around, like, the, you know, on each of the walls and the ceiling and the floor of whatever room we're doing the magic work in. And I kind of, like, spread them out to kind of, like, you know, basically protect, like, the whole room. That way, you know, if we have to get up and move or whatever, you know, I, I kind of make, like, a little, like, barrier zone. Um, and if you're working with, you know, uh, like someone who of like my degree, um, who, you know, I've done this work, I've been initiated as a third degree priest, um, like, you know, I would, if, if we were doing some sort of ritualistic magic, you know, I would probably, and I was the highest ranking, um, you know, witch that, who was there, you know, I would be in charge of, you know, like casting the circle and you know basically the very first part is you know the pledge of perfect love and perfect trust so you know the, the high priest or whoever is like the most experienced would you know put up the protection charms um think of it and the it, it's almost kind of like a very bad comparison, but in a way, like, I, it just kind of popped in my head and it was really funny. Okay, so Harry Potter, number seven, um, oh, fuck, I cannot remember which movie it is, one or two, I think it's one. When they first go, Harry Potter goes camping and, um, like, Ron gets splinched and Hermo Hermione starts, you know, throwing up the, uh, like, protective charms. Okay, that's kind of like what the most experienced witch would be doing when um doing any sort of like group magic like they would basically be putting up the the charms and the spells and the protection magic to you know keep sacred and seal in you know what's going to happen um so then naturally they would cast a circle um and usually it is a specific area like delineated on the ground um and everybody would be standing outside the circle at this point um and wherever the high priest or priestess would be standing um, at this point, you know, they would take the athame out and you almost kind of do like a second degree switch because like, so you establish where the door to the circle is. Um, and the high priest or priestess would hand off the athame to basically the second highest ranking witch. So you do have to always prepare for these things because these are things that you need to think about that, you know, when you're, you know, casting a spell or doing spell work or any sort of like magical work, you know, you don't want to have to like stop and get like distracted or interrupted or, you know, keep things flowing. So, you know, this is kind of why I always say like, you know, make sure you're doing all your prep work, you know, and it's just as important as like, you know, when you're cooking, like, you know, and I always hear Anne Burrell um, in my head, you know, mise en place from, you know, Worst Cooks because I absolutely love that show. Um, but it's just, you know, 
but you, but it's true. You know, you got to have, you know, you know, you got to have your ingredients ready. You've got to have all of your tools ready. You've got to have everything that you're going to need for all of your spell work, you know, prepared, ready to go in a designated spot. That way, you know, when you begin, you can just go and not be interrupted. So anywho, so basically second in command would stand at the door and, you know, hold the athame to the throat of the high priest or priestess and, you know, and ask the question, you know, tis better to rush upon this, tis better to rush upon this blade than enter this circle with fear in your heart. How do you enter? And, you know, you answer with, with perfect love and perfect trust. You know, they then stand aside, hand the high priest the athame who then enters the circle and then everybody kind of comes in order and it does come in order and rank and you know and everybody asks the question um and the thing is when you say the answer it's not just giving words and this is kind of i think you know where the first part of it comes into um is that you know if you ever find that you know you're ever doing any sort of magical work and it's something that like you're not sure about or your gut's just telling you like you know this is like not a thing and you know just for whatever reason it may be um you know feel free to you know don't don't enter the circle you know um feel free to state your concerns before you enter the circle because basically once you're in you've committed you know you're saying that you know you're all aboard you know you have no doubts and you know this is where you want to do and i've had it happen you know where you know we've had everything planned out and it's been the person who basically we were doing the spell work for was the one who all of a sudden like had doubts about things you know and that's when you know you kind of have to like stop and regroup and you just kind of you know rework it and you know it, it, it wick is always evolving it's 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 a it's a crazy feeling that when you get into like you know group work like this like the dynamics that you'll feel and the different energies that you feel and that's why it's like you know so important that you know you do learn in your daily life to you know take care of yourself and learn how to do your you know work for yourself and build your own work and do your own spell casting or tarot card reading or whatever type of esoteric work that you do you know it's important to build upon these individual things that you can carry around in your daily life because then when you go to join a group if you even choose to do that or even if you choose to be a part of it um you know then you're more prepared and you can bring all of yourself to the present and to the situation. And, you know, again, it's one of those things where, you know, I love doing group work. And at the same time, I love being a solo practitioner at the same time, because, you know, be doing group work, you have to take other people's wants and needs into a, an account. And, you know, not to say that that's not, you know, how we should be living our daily lives and how we should be practicing of, you know, obviously if you're doing group work, everybody has an equal voice you know but you know when you're doing your solitary thing you can just kind of you know do it and like you know there have been times where like i've been just sitting on the couch and it's like all of a sudden like something will pop into my mind where it's like you know oh, i'm getting a little anxious about this or i kind of want to give this a little um for you know maybe this is kind of going on and i just kind of want to give it a little boost i'll like legit like jump up off the couch 
run upstairs, you know, light my candle, do like a quickie little whatever, you know, and then 10 minutes later, I'm like done, you know, or, you know, I've done full out, you know, I have, you know, done a preparation like the day before, gotten everything ready. So, you know, when I woke up first thing, you know, I got myself into like, you know, a very clear, calm space. I knew that, you know, I had nothing that I, you know, I, or nothing that I needed to take care of because, you know, I had already, you know, like let the dogs out and, you know, basically done everything that I ne would normally need to do in the morning. And then I could do like a long hour spell because like, you know, the dogs are sleeping on the couch, husband was at work, you know, whatever the situation was like, you know, had the time to do it because, you know, had the preparation already done. So again, you know, you have to think about these things when you're doing group magic and especially if you are the higher ranking because, you know, like, let's be real, you know, you're the leader, you're, you're, you're the one who's, you know, showing, you know, the next generation and guiding the rituals. So, you know, a little bit of responsibility, but again, you know, it's also about openness and, you know, and being, you know, you know, communicative of, you know, hey, I, I've never led something like this. So, you know, I'm not exactly comfortable, you know, do what do you want? Does somebody else want to take over? You know, maybe I'll do this part, you know, and excuse me again, you know, those are things that, you know, we can take into our daily lives and where I always say that, you know, Wicca becomes a strong tool to use in, you know, daily life, even outside of the religion and in the business world and in your job and in your career and, you know, just in your life in general of, you know, it's building those communication skills. So when you do come up against things in, you know, real life, when, you know, you're not even expecting it, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you find that, you know, you're not so hesitant to ask the questions that you need to know, or, you know, you start thinking in a different mindset of, you know, it, it, the, I don't need to focus on this so much as I need to focus on this. So you're not just asking, remembering to ask questions, but you're asking the right questions and you're listening and getting the information that you need. And you, you're participating, you're participating in that active listening, which is, you know, a huge part of it. Um, and especially in Wiccan, because, you know, words and communication are what drive a spell, you know, think about it, you know, the spell that we r recite that, you know, creates our spell those words built into the wiccan read you know again are spoken in rhyme for a reason because that's the sign seal delivered part you know so again it's that whole you know again th there's so many crossovers and it's just it's why i started this podcast and it's just kind of why it's just so organically evolving into what it is but okay i've gotten like way off topic with the whole group magic thing so anywho so basically you know once you're in the circle you know stay in the magical mindset you know of course unless you need to step out for whatever reason, you know, and that's, you know, you, you forgot to grab the rose petals, you know, like, and I've legit had that shit happen. And it's one of those, you just kind of carry on while someone just kind of like ninjas away and goes, you know, and get something, you know, but you, you know, you do your thing. Um, but from that point on, it can be very individual. It can be very individualistic, um, or it can be, you know, multiple people uniting for one purpose. So like when we would do um, a lot of magical healing sessions, you know, that's what we were there for. So it was very, you know, 
everybody was basically taking a turn. Um, you know, my friend had a massage table. Uh, she was a Reiki master. And, you know, basically everybody took a turn on the table to just basically get like a, you know, magical auric cleansing done. And, you know, just kind of, you know, they were, the Reiki masters were doing their Reiki thing. Those of us who were Wiccan, we were doing like our Wiccan thing. You know, I was looking for, you know, like just stuff in people's auras or even, you know, um, color deviations in their body and just scanning and feeling, you know, like for any abnormalities and cutting cords and this, that, and the other. And I have tons and tons and tons of crazy stories, which I actually think cords might be one of the next things that we talk about, but I don't want you to get that to be confused with like the rope and cord that we use for not magic. So keep in mind, I'm talking about two very, very different things here. Um, so I'll have to be very careful when I do that episode, but I probably will drop that one next because that is actually a very cool topic to talk about. Um, but anyway, so like I said, you know, then like, you know, everyone would take a turn on the table. So everyone was focused on one person and it was, you know, it, the healing energy, it was, you know, you could feel it and it was building as we went on because you got to figure like, you know, when it started, you know, everybody was basically in the, you know, I want to say, you know, not gone through the washer phase, you know, like basically none of us had been cleansed at the start of it. So it was, you know, the first man up on the table, you know, they get their or cleansing. Well, now they're the next per, you know, the next person goes down. Well, now one person working on them is like, just full of, you know, this energy because, you know, they've just had this like massive cleansing done. But at the same time, I've also seen it where, you know, people have gotten off the table and like, you know, when the next person gets on because of depending on what kind of a cleansing it was, whether it was, you know, healing and energy boosting or whether it was like a traumatic cleansing, which unfortunately I've been part of those as well. Um, you know, they were like wiped out. Like I, we had a friend who one time who, you know, she participated and, you know, she was trying to get rid of a whole bunch of bad vibes. And, you know, we got rid of a lot of, you know, toxic and negative things that were coming at her. And by the time it was done, like she legit just like went upstairs and like curled up in our other friend's bed and just like knocked the fuck out. Like she was so exhausted that she just slept. And I actually think she spent the night there if I remember correctly. And like, you know, she just, you know, I mean, she woke up the next morning. It was totally fine, but it was basically, you know, she was so exhausted from having, you know, all that magical negativity, like just pulled off of her that her body needed to heal. And the best way it, you know, our bodies heal is through sleep. So, you know, and that's just, you know, another aspect of it. So when you're done doing the ritual, it would be, you know, kind of the exact opposite, you know, the high priest or the high priest or priestess, I should say, or the, you know, the highest ranking member would, you know, close the circle, release the corners, um, you know, and, you know, basically close up the spell and put any final touches on it. Um, and then it's kind of up to you guys what you do after that, you know, like I know some covens who sit around and they kind of like post-conference and, you know, I know sometimes after the magical healing sessions, like we would kind of all sit around and talk about things that we felt, um, things that, you know, like what worked, what worked 
what, what we felt were better than other things, what we felt didn't work at all, you know, which, you know, sometimes you hit those barriers of like, you know, just there's no matter what you do, this, you know, is not budging and it's just there and it's going to stay there until it's ready to go. Um, but, you know, and again, open and honest communication. And then when we would come back for another session, you almost kind of got to know like where you need to concentrate your efforts on. So it was like, you know, if I knew there was like this particular like toxic corded area of, you know, your body, say, you know, it was, you know, maybe like on your side and your arm, you know, whatever. Um, and it was attaching you to say like a toxic person, you know, if we were going to sever that, you know, you might need like a couple people working on that area because it depends on how deep the bond is. It depends on how big the cord is. It, you know, and again, that's going to be a whole nother topic for a whole nother episode. Um, so, you know, but it's going to vary every time. And the more you practice with the same people, the like better you get to know people. But again, I always recommend, you know, trying to find new people and vary and, you know, vary it up because that's how you learn, you know, and the more people you get exposed to or expose it to, you know, and again, this is always why, you know, half of me is saying, you know, get your friends involved, you know, get, if you're enjoying this podcast, get them listening to it, you know, not, you know, I mean, yes, I would love to see my numbers go up and, you know, I'd love to, you know, again, become like super famous off this someday, but like it's, it's also, you know, get other people involved in it because, you know, you never know who might be interested in it and you never know who might take a vested interest in it. And whoever, you know, and the more people that you even like expose the idea to, then, you know, the more people you read or get, you know, can practice on or who are willing to participate with you, you know, the better you get and the more you're able to hone your skills. So again, you know, it basically the lesson is, you know, solitary work is great and I absolutely love it. You know, again, I've been a solitary eclectic most of my life and, you know, I would not trade any of the healing sessions that I have done. Um, in any of the, you know, work, coven work that I've done with other witches in my life, you know, for anything, because I absolutely loved it. And I would love to get another coven started or even do just more coven work or healing magic, you know, um, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, as a green and white witch, that's what I'm drawn to, you know, so I, you know, I love these types of experiences. Um, but again, you know, I love being solitary eclectic too. So, Hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight into where the different dynamics of, you know, group magic are and why doing the work for yourself is so important. And, you know, it's really, you know, you're going from I'm doing this work individually to I'm kind of, you know, now I'm working on a team and I'm bringing my skills to, you know, the i'm bringing my skill i'm bringing my skills to the to the to the team and into the coven which is no different than you know you coming on board a new job and you know bringing you to do the function that you know you're paid for or you know just bringing yourself to be present in whatever situation that you are so that being said, you know, thanks as always to everybody out there who is a follower, who likes, listens, subscribes. You know, the Etsy shop is always open. Um, and again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for just making this, you know, as successful as it has been. Um, you know, like I said, I don't measure success in like 
huge massive numbers but you know i measure it in that people are still listening and to me that is what warms my heart and that's what just makes me say this is worth it and when i get those feelings like hey you know it's time to drop an episode it's you know i just jump on i like basically drop what i'm doing and just go ahead and drop it because it's like you know it's just i kind of follow my heart on this one and also it is a full moon, so of course there was going to be an episode coming because happy full moon. It happened at like 7.06 Eastern Standard Time this morning, I think. Um, but, yo, so again, this is, you know, the make it happen. This is the fulfillment of dreams. This is the, you know, the moon is full. Charge your crystals. Take advantage, you know, and just Build that, you know, lunar energy and use it in your practice. Today is the best day to do it um, or one of the best days to do it. So go forth, be practice, be witchy and blessed be. The Ethereal Path podcast is hosted by me, Xander, and is owned by Ethereal Path LLC. You can find us on the web at www.ethereal-path.com. Don't forget the dash, it's super important. We're on Facebook and Instagram as Ethereal Path, and on Twitter as at Ethereal Path PGH. This is also our email address, etherealpathpgh at gmail.com. DMs are open on all of our platforms. The Ethereal Path Podcast can be found on all major podcasting platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. Our Etsy shop can be found under Ethereal Path PGH. Links can be found below and on our website. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. Every one of those clicks makes a huge difference. Thank you for listening, and blessed be.